0: Hello, hello. The Do Epic Shit Today podcast is breaking the norm on what's expected in today's society by discussing the entrepreneur mindset, mental health, and flipping a finger to playing life safe. No topic is off the table. This podcast is dedicated to those looking for inspiring content and that do epic shit on the daily. This is a place of positive empowerment, optimistic energy, dope ideas, and a place where you can feel uplifted. We release episodes every Thursday, and we're so stoked to have you here for the journey. Let's get it. Okay, hello everyone. Welcome to episode 19 of the Do A Picture Today podcast. I am here with Gordon Clark. Hello, Gordon. Hello. Hello, hello. So Gordon is here with me today just because I've met him through a very well known and passionately awesome run club. Um, So he's an epic fucking runner. He was featured in magazines based on like the mentality. Um, You've also been asked to test different types of manufactured shoes just because your feedback is so precious because you know kind of the ins and outs of running. Um, They were desperate. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you're the former captain of LA Koreatown Run Club, yeah, which is uh, which is what one of the biggest run clubs in California, US.
1: I say the world at this point, okay? Not an exaggeration. Yeah,
0: but... yeah. So just overall, you're a fucking legend. So that's why yes. Gordon is with, and you know, it is what it is. So that's why Gordon is here with us today. So basically, we're going to talk about the mentality of running, how to push yourself outside of those kind of mental barriers if you will because you do push yourself athletically you know and we talk we can talk more about you know the running aspect different sports backgrounds things like that but i think there's some sort of beauty to being able to push yourself mentally outside of you know the barriers that you set so i just because i know you from running we can kind of start with running and how you got into it so basically yeah take it away
1: such a red carpet
0: i know yeah
1: i I mean really it just it, it seems like luck more than that, luck and timing, I've always been drawn to athleticism, sport in different ways. The type of people that take a very regimented approach to a thing, yeah. stuff that you know is uncomfortable, recognizing discomfort like doubling down or leaning into discomfort. So boxing was was kind of a, a principal, you know, background for me. Brought me into to LA in sort of a way, and I always feel like I've had a, a step into you know a sort of a really a really elite world of sport but yeah it kind of lent itself to running in sort of a, a weird way you kind of put in your road miles and I, I was just always watching the similarities of the two of a sport that seemed to be a super solitary pursuit yeah and boxing and people not recognizing just how many people were there behind the scenes a team of other fighters and sparring partners and coaches and you know, you get into a marathon and this idea of like a three month, four month buildup, exactly the same with fighters. And and then you're there for that one moment. You're athletic and, you know, if, if you're a professional or so lucky career is that one night, you know, after a three or four month buildup, same with a marathon. So I found those things really interesting. But I was living in downtown LA when I first moved out here and it was close to a gym, running around, putting in miles and, um, Stick in kind of a neighborhood and stumbled in blacklist, which I think a lot of us at the Gateway was seeing blacklist moving around. And this is, you know, one of the OG run clubs now Like mm. casual, community based, but they would run. Um, so yeah, I bumped into them. I think it was my second run when somebody was uh, like, Have you heard of this Nike run club thing? And, you know, to Santa Monica, and yeah, you just, there's, there's curiosity there of being like, what, what is this? What are we doing? This is right. ridiculous. We're running in circles. And what it was about, you know, that pain and flirting with pain, but then adding community and then, you know, community pain. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just like you, you you form a kind of bond. So, yeah. Because when did you essentially like go, like what year was it? Oh, like boy. Nike. So that was probably, well, I've been out here for going in 11 years. That was like eight years ago. Yeah. Ever since then, it's kind of become these other groups have come online, but they've kind of used the Nike model, I would say. Mm-hmm. You know call out any group, but just this idea that you have these structured workouts to get people out of the time to eat, but you know, of good vibes and Koreatown and social yeah. fun club. And-
0: Obvious when you talk about that, there's definitely passion behind sports for you. hundred oh, yeah. percent. Like, you know, the ins and outs, the pushing the boundary, you mentioned kind of flirting with pain. Um, but I want to take a little bit of a dive into like the mentality aspect. And like you mentioned all these amazing runners. You ran a 5K in what was it, 14 minutes and 50 seconds? So 5K is three miles. Downhill. Okay. Four shots fire. (laughs) Okay, but (laughs) I I also just want to prep. That's three miles. That's a sub five minute mile, three times. Like that is insanely impressive. So, like, please, for us muggles over here that are like entering, like dipping the toe in the pond of the running world. That's fuck. Um, That's
1: impressive. Hey, thank you. Of course, I'm I'm sure it did. See, there you go. Everybody wants the the monologue. It's always make this stop. Why am I doing this? What is this?
0: So, talk to me about like how you, because for me, when I run that pain that I like, or like the oh, like fuck, this is hard. That boundary line, like that threshold, I like to push it. I like to play with it because Mm -hmm. it makes like my thoughts and like my head, because I spin things over and over. It Mm -hmm. makes all of that go away. It makes my thoughts very singular and it's just focusing on like, how do I survive through the pain? Like we ran 20 miles this weekend. For me, it was, I wasn't thinking about anything else except like just literally one foot in front of the other. Mm. And that is so refreshing, but it it requires pain to turn off all the outside noise. Is that kind of kind of how you see like the flirting with pain and kind of pushing the boundaries?
1: I think running is one of the most painful experiences. The thing about games is you can get lost in games. You can get all the minutia of how somebody's moving, how to mm-hmm. test how they're moving when you stick a jab a certain way. Let me you know, one well, I'm not a racer. So for the elites, the idea that there are elites that race that 26-2 distance just baffles my mind. That's mm-hmm. that's where it's one of those I'm completely on the outside American looking race. in and saying, What's it like to run at 450 pace for 18 miles? And throw a little surges in where jump into yeah. 420 to see if somebody's matching your move or if they're letting you go or letting that guy go to see if you can hold on to it for a few minutes, listening to their breath. Like that's a, a level of gamesmanship. I can't imagine how anybody does that. But so I'll, just, I'll put that out there. Yeah. But So for me, running is, running, yeah, it's definitely that singular, but I, I compare it most to like the improvement feels more like learning to hold your breath and how would you do it? You know, mm. this idea that you just have it or you don't, you know, you can get better as a runner, of course. Right but it's very, a lot of it nobody's going to see, and a lot of it is just you pounding pavement over mm-hmm. and over and over. You're learning about your shame. Yeah. To me, yeah. what can I accept? Pain's nothing but signalings, right? Mm-hmm. There's no truth of this is the pain universally to all people. There's some people that perceive it differently. There's some people that know to quiet it all together and just saying that I'm okay. I know what you're doing, body, you're warning me, but we go a little further. So Yeah, holding your breath over and over, and just accepting. Okay, today I got a few more seconds out of it. It's gonna hurt, right? You're gonna think like that's the limit, that's the threshold, until you find something where you just go a little further, a little right, a little farther past. Um, Yeah, I think it's always a dance. There's no right answer to it. And falling back to Coach Blue at one point, which was a guy. Again, shoot me wrong here. Somebody knows better than I or Blue if you're listening. You know, I think he's got some odd 30, sub-230 finishes, over 50 marathons, all intents and purposes, fell into running late life. Like, he was in his early to mid-20s before not being, I think he was just more surfing and kind of a bet that got him into running. That's the crazy, anybody can run a marathon. Anybody can, spoiler, you can, anybody can do it. But I really love the ones that go back to that second one. Mm -hmm. Because you know that they learned something and they left a couple workouts short, didn't press it, and now they're like, okay, I just experienced what that was. Mm-hmm. let's let's improve upon it so yeah blue with what he was saying that was always a question like, what are you thinking about when you're right. running right ridiculous paces and flirting with like olympic standard times as and like the pain who's not a professional right and you say for 18 miles i think about form that's it all i'm thinking about is my form seriously and he's like, it's like what about those last eight he's like you're on your own. You go to war. That's it. Right. Yeah. Form be damned. Your body's falling apart. You burn through all of your, all of your fuel sources probably if you've, you know, Yeah. i about it bravely and earnest, yeah. you know, and I always yeah. found that so interesting that at the highest level, it's like at best you're hoping for 18 to 20 miles where your form's just right. In other words, you've kind of preserved your body. Right. Managed a bunch of stuff well. And then there comes a point when it's like. Time to get greedy.
0: Time to go to war. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that there was still. and Maybe this is just naive. Like I just figured that once you get to that sort of like elite level or even sub elite, like you flirt with the line of eliteness. And in, in, in my opinion, because the, the race times or speak for themselves. But I just kind of assume that once you get to a certain threshold of like time of you know sub two ten marathon, there isn't any pain. I don't. I don't know why I never mm-hmm. thought it. Like that pain is still there. But my questions are, are like, so do you think there's more pain for those that are going faster, like the 210 and that they have better pain management? And you think that's like an important skill as well Is like, okay, yes, practice your, you know, your form and all of that, but how well can you manage the pain?
1: I think it a lot. And, and I think this just applies to sport in general at, at high levels. And I think anybody who's attacked a marathon not just once, even twice, they, mm-hmm. they enter this realm, like. I think the really good ones, the great, know how to thin slice and discover areas of of growth opportunity within something that we just wouldn't have thought. tough part is your body's dealing with so much stresses that you just don't see and feel. It's like the excitement, that good feeling, the endorphins that are rushing you, adrenaline. It just eclipses the idea that this is a painful sport. You're loading up, what is it, twofold on every step. When you're when you're at a sprinter's pace and you know mm-hmm. if you're like a trail ultra runner going downhill, I think it's something like six times your weight capacity on every step. It's like, yeah, almost every marathoner, you know, yeah. mile seventeen to twenty, when they feel that bonk and you've heard the word or hitting a wall. Yep, and it's all an idea until you actually reach it. Yep, and you realize just how devastating it is. Mm-hmm. Like, so they just it's the closest thing I felt to being stunned by a shot. You don't see it coming, you kind of know you got a nanosecond where you're like, Yeah, you got me, and then uh-huh. it hits, and then you just feel this sort of like neutrality this uh-huh. like weird numb, uh-huh. and then everything starts to come back online, and right. you, know, you realize your pace just dropped and you're yeah. a little wobbly. It's like, Oh no, right? You
0: know, so do you think the pain management within like when you hit that 20 miles for those like elite athletes when they're running the marathons, do they have? or any type of distance. Do you think they have a better pain management or because they've done it so many times, they know how to snap out of it and move forward? There's new learnings. There's yeah. new
1: learnings for them. I mean, I think at that level they have to know how their nutrition is going. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's one of the things is we have, you know, in Los <laughs> Angeles a big social learning component. There's not there's not really an elite team out here. But I I think it's cool that you can stake out and still surprise yourself. Because mm-hmm. I, I I'm always worried like with numbers mm. and how numbers affect people enjoying the sport, or thinking they're not worthy, or thinking I'm never going to be a three thirty marathon, I'm never going to get this this Boston qualifier. So it's almost like zooming out and saying that there are so many skill sets and competencies you can have as a runner that may not fit the boxes or fit into these boxes of great marathon or great ten mm-hmm. k person, great on the track. It's like that's such a narrow thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm also someone who likes numbers and I try to it's I don't know, like I, I don't like being stagnant. I always like improving. And numbers is the easiest way mm-hmm. to document that improvement. But I mean, for me, like running is a multitude of things. Like you mentioned, you know, it's not more about the numbers. And like I did you you know, you did an article for Inquire, you did like a what 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 was the other one? I have it right here. It is the you might Sealy, am I saying that right?
1: Oh, CLX, yeah, yeah, how do you say it? They're French Canadians. Oh, uh, yeah. I like it.
0: So then you had a feature and they're about taming the ego, and then it had a complex magazine feature as well when you like, tested out Morel. So yeah, it's yeah. obviously provided a bit of not necessarily well, yes, community, but also um, you know a passing of knowledge. So what's been like the biggest project or feature or you know, yeah, I guess feature that you've done so far within like within the running world?
1: There's just so many great people I know <laughs> like, around fashion. the world with with running that I've just been beyond lucky to to meet or share miles with or yeah. So the the taming the ego bit that, that that was a group I found when I was kind of wondering, of you know, like what's next with, with running. Mm-hmm. You know, I always said I was never going to do the marathon. A lot of it was a training. I was like mm-hmm. you're running 26 miles. How much running do you have to do during the week just to, to show up to the start line? I know. It's like no way. And the community you know, stepped on, right. me and they're like, "What are you doing? Are you showing up for the run?" And I'm like, "Okay." Yeah, yeah. But I met a group out of Mexico City, um, Mauricio and Ari Libre, and this just really changed so much my relationship with running. tad on my arm, oh, and yeah. inspired right from the jump. But their whole thing is cultural submersion; these running retreats all around the world lot of, you know, based in Mexico to start, but um, I mean, that's taking me down to, to Chile to uh, running in Patagonia, running a glacier in Patagonia, in oh, cool. volcanoes in Mexico City, yeah. you know, some on sixteen, seventeen thousand 17,000 feet. Um, and, but yeah, everything was this, as they would say, you know, running and timed and watches are for white people but there have been indigenous <laughs> that have been running and running tribes and running right. cultures since the beginning of time. Right, Still even endurance hunting tribes, I think in Nairobi, I think is one of the I mean, last. how else would you get around? You know, like there was, like, yeah, that was the way to But do they it. literally eat by running down animals.
0: So you gotta be able to run. Man. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and in Mexico the Copper Canyons, this is was a Spanish came, they fled. Didn't want to fight. They ran and they ran to a bunch of caves and again Copper Canes. I think that's northeastern Mexico or Mexico, everyone. But yeah, pulled yeah. up some ladders once they crawled in the caves and and that's how they escaped all of that they've been running. Natives in Arizona, I think that were Hopi, would run to trains. They had never seen these trains entertainment, which was about fifty miles away in southeast Arizona. So yeah. this this was the entry point or the idea of of was um So, anyways, you just you got all of this through running. You never looked yeah. at your watch, and you're never thinking like, "Who's yeah. this person in the, the group?" You just yeah. you sweat lodges, um, ceremonies with shamans. It's, it just it changed oh, everything and wow. said so like, "This is how I want to see the world." Is on yeah. foot,
0: right? Uh, wow.
1: So, anyways, that was a big. So, yeah, I had an opportunity through CLA Arnie Libre, to uh, you know kind of talk about my experience. That sort of like. Alpha characteristic of the athlete of like you know kill or be killed get better at all costs this number has to be improved upon or mm-hmm. shit right you know this would, would show me yeah who gives a talk about a yeah 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 things that I just couldn't physically do whether it was the Tennis which is a sweat lodge down there like I I was one of the few people uh, that had like leave I couldn't it was too hot. I just couldn't handle it. And I knew mine would matter, type of thing, and I, right, you know, I felt like one of the fitter people in that room, and yeah, from Arizona, you know, right, I, yeah. I'm fine with heat. I'm good with heat. I like heat. Yeah, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. it. It was like mentally, I'm not that strong. I right. have some, you know, kind of cool gifts athletically, but this means nothing. Right, it really matters of you know, shutting down the fear and the anxiety and the dread. Mm-hmm. of this room is 180 degrees, and, and the steam shit. is burning me. And I've got another hour. I'm supposed to be in here. Like,
0: is that even safe? Is
1: that? Or are we just not legal puss? here? Okay, <laughs> they're not okay. legal here. I'll say that.
0: Okay, uh, and I was gonna say because I feel like if someone were to pass I out, that'd be a huge
1: conversation. I feel like you could. And then you start worrying about it, right? Like, okay. I can't see my hand in front of my face, like right. I could just fall over here. And nobody's gonna know, right? Oh, so there's right. that dread and anxiousness where I'm like, oh my god, but. That's so again, all these things were yeah. like, the anxiousness I didn't know I had in me, you, you know, came to the floor and... shit. So anyway, so that's where a lot of that came from was just, you know, sort of a uh, self-assessment of like athletics, ego, and mental fortitude, the toxicity of ego and, and mm-hmm. just kind of trying to explore it. What does it mean? And using those touch points.
0: Okay, so this next section is kind of one of my favorites. It's called like rapid fire. They're just questions that just kind of think what pops into your mind and like what's the first thing. It's, like super speedy questions. I know it's tricky.
1: Lean into the speedy. Lean into the speedy. I'm a human
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Ramble. So, how many tattoos do you have? <laughs> I didn't have a tattoo
1: before I was 31. So, these all came on pretty hard. I, I love them all. Thank you.
0: The one that I've comment, I think because I first saw you, but you have like this dope, like, is it, what is down your leg? It's a leg thing. Yeah. Yeah. It looks almost like a,
1: like a it's knot, like, like an human eagle. speed bump. Uh, No, the artist is based in Berlin. Okay. Dots the lines is his Instagram handle. He's, he's a little pricey, um, it's, it's, but he was giving me a reason. I was like, I'm going to go run. See, here's, here's the runner's mindset. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's in Berlin i got to go run the Berlin Marathon. There you go. Really get this ink work done. And then just try You did that? Shirt. No, I wanted to. But then he was, during COVID, he started jumping out to LA. Oh, uh, okay. So I saw that. I was like, dude, yo, you're here. Come here. And I get to see you. And then he's like, here's what you cost. I'm like, let me get back to you and try to like, sell plasma or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, he's a cool, cool guy. guy. I mean, for what he charges, he just talks to you for about an hour, or two yeah. hours, you in the studio and kind of gave him. Yeah, you know, my thoughts, and then he just does whatever he wants. It's beautiful. Really. I mean,
0: I know it was pricey, but like it, it's Love well that. done. It was, it was, it was cool. Yeah, was a cool
1: experience. Yeah,
0: That's see, mine are very singular. Like I have waves. I have four, four. I ankle, wrist, finger, yeah, side. I, I have like all these two, but it's very. Um, I think there is a little bit of something with the tattoo and the pain as well mm. for me. I like the pain. It's like a very refreshing, like a bunch of bees stinging you. You're always reminded of, it just kind of always hurts. It always hurts. Okay, what is the best advice you've ever received?
1: Damn. Like a quote <sighs> mentality. I'm a big Goggins guy.
0: Oh, I, I love me some late.
1: Goggins. I thought he was just a, a trumped up uh, Mr. T. <laughs> 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 and I was like, dude, he's this guy's about it. Yeah. i I'm, I'm of the mind that he doesn't even know he's a thing on the internet no, you know? no not at all but I, I yeah he's in a rarefied company of somebody that I love listening to that interview because mm-hmm. as as I think myself a storyteller probably not a good one but like your mind always has an idea of where this thing's going what's about to be said mm. especially with a certain question He always finds a way the most simple question, you're like, here's the answer you're getting. Uh-huh. you get. Know, and it might start there and then it's just 180. Like, Damn. <laughs> this guy's about it. And there's a few people like that. It's like, yeah, you know, David Bowie, Bob Dylan, like he's okay. in a rare company to me. Ali, yeah. you hear him and there's just a lot of wisdom. So, uh I told you, human speed bump. <laughs> um, I loved in his first book reading how. She tries to do something daily that scares the shit out of them. And that's more kind of a tenant, an idea. I won't say I do it all the time, but I've had moments, and it's so rewarding, Mm -hmm. of the smallest thing. Do something daily that scares the shit out of you, I think, is, is an awesome thing to try to go for. I like it. I like the good one. Okay, so what's the worst advice I've received? Damn. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Okay. I think that's trash. And I love breakfast. I love the idea of breakfast. So, Okay. I'm an old school, I guess, intermittent faster. I don't know. I was. I I would eat and I'd feel terrible like immediately after. What bad. are you eating though, man? I, I don't think I've had breakfast much in like seventeen
0: years. Okay, that's see more. like I so I'm I don't care whoever is vegan vegetarian, what I, I'm vegan because it makes me feel good. Yeah. It also helps plan it. But like I don't yeah. put anything in my body that's processed.
1: Yeah, I eat everything processed. There you go. That's why feel <laughs> <be> like shit. <laughs> The stuff, the amount of gummies and gelatin in my system at oh, any point in time. God.
0: Okay, what is the most beautiful place you've ever visited?
1: Ooh. Between two. When I was younger, I was always infatuated by the idea of New York City. Mm. It's a place I knew I loved before I lived there and eventually, eventually did. But uh, yeah, just right, just stepping out in the midst of all of it was just. Yeah, you know, kind of magical. It was one of the few times that everything felt great, alive, big, and loud, and overwhelming. And okay, so nervous. you're nervous, but um, yeah, the Buenos Aires. I have my mom oh. in Argentina, and I've been and so we been a forever. And uh you know, finally went when we were down there with in Chile with uh with our libre We decided to make while I was there the trip over to Argentina. I was doing a weird handshake right there because. uh Santiago and Buenos Aires are nowhere near. That's like coming to America and being like, I'm in LA. Well, might as well jump over to New York. What's would be like an hour flight. it was like a seven-hour. I'm like, how the fuck is this?
0: What? Did you look at a map?
1: That's sort of I, <laughs> maps, maps? I've had this argument with them. I don't know Alaska was as big as it was. It was well, a Alaska's
0: small. huge. Well, because they separated. Well, I know, but it looks like there's not a scale to it. I was like, oh, it looks like the size of Arizona is this thing. And I'm like, I don't know why the scale is... Like, why does the picture... I don't know. Not, They do that to us we're young. very pictorial-y. No, no. That was... Because I remember being young and, like, looking at, like, okay, here's the United States. And then, like, here's Alaska. Like, oh, they made the, it. So yeah. It's yeah, so
1: <laughs> a little bigger than Hawaii. A little blip. <laughs> Like, Jesus. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I, I think... So, in other words, I'm really not great at looking. I'm not a cartographer. I got no... <laughs> it's all right. No I've I've not not great Carrillo. at other things. <laughs> Batman. Okay. What is your favorite nonfiction book? I'm not a huge nonfiction.
0: But okay, fine.
1: The Blue Zones was the first book I read about. I guess that was anything like kind of health oriented. oh that's fine. Uh, and that book blew my mind. I still suggest it to everybody. The Blue Zones. Yeah, okay, Blue a, Zones a National Geographic effort where they look at the five longest living cultures oh, shit. in the world. And yeah. to, they went in thinking a lot would be diet and a lot was diet but there were all these other factors so that's, that's changed a lot. I think that, you know, invited the idea of intermittent fasting um, you know, beans is super food that nobody are eating. They started breaking down like the similarities that all of them share Yeah, a lot of them are, you know Meatless cultures not because it's not a choice but really it's the access yeah. but you know most tendurians living most you know, people living over 100 one culture so uh yeah really it was one of those flipping through like
0: oh, wow cool. yeah, i want to like yeah because yeah, i like really i mentioned i don't eat meat but it started like as a progression like it was okay i'll go like paleo And then I was vegetarian. And I was like, "Holy shit! I feel really fucking good. Um, Like I feel really good. I feel quick on my feet. You know, when you're like slightly hungry, and it like kind of like almost feels like you're very like um, on the pre. Like you're like you've got like this kind of surge of energy. That's what it feels like all the time.
1: Right.
0: So that's why like I do it. Um, And then also like you know, really helps the environment, which I'm super for. Yeah, yeah, Um, Yeah. Okay. Last question: What are three things that you're grateful for? So I'm
1: definitely grateful for a healthy working body as I know it, of course. Yeah. Um community in so many ways. Yeah. So much of it is just, you know, community, anything from running or anything that I don't know, an article we ride or a place I visit is just it's a byproduct of being a part of a cool, cool community that's wholesome and yeah. Loving and wants to see everybody improve and is willing to share things like blue Benadone, to just anybody from a guy who gets paid as a coach, but is mm-hmm. his willingness to just Um So yeah, the community is just is is everything. Constantly grateful for it. Yeah, yeah just grateful for being in America. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. You no, know, I I've always felt there was. I'm always a big critic of yeah. how we do stuff, but I yeah. don't like how we do stuff and it took a while to realize that, that being a critic at the heart of that is kind of a love and a passion mm-hmm. it's not that i hate this place by any stretch it's you know the wish and hope we can be better but uh so yeah uh, a, 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 a bit of gratitude you know, yeah. <laughs> you know
0: so. yeah. anyway. but thank you that's pretty much the end of the
1: episode but thank you so much for joining oh, coming tons on. of fun tons of fun <laughs>